right, folks, go be great. Episode 27 brought to you by the not just good, but great folks at Hardo Sports. Definitely missed out on the old days of being at Hardo HQ for the Super Bowl. Um, we got to take in Super Bowl 54 together, which was Chiefs versus 49ers in that big time Patrick Mahomes comeback and kind of look back at that game. And that's the beginning of the Patrick Mahomes and Chiefs dynasty. I mean, I know that they were really good for that whole season and the season before as well. I believe they lost to the uh, Patriots in the AFC Championship the year before. But um, wow, you know, you kind of look back on Patrick Mahomes' career so far, five seasons as a starter. He has two regular season MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs, um, two and one so far in the Super Bowl. And there's really no signs of this man stopping anytime soon, you know, almost or or did re-aggravate his high ankle sprain and didn't really seem to be much of a trouble for the man as the Chiefs end up beating the Eagles 38-35 in Super Bowl 57. There's a lot to talk about, but I want to start off with the Rihanna halftime show. I definitely expected more from the production side of things. feel like overall the performance was obviously very good for Rihanna herself, you know, right away based on the costume and overall, you know, there wasn't a lot of movement from Rihanna herself. You kind of got the vibe of the potential pregnancy uh, number two with ASAP Rocky. Things were, you know, a lot of people were speculating on Twitter during the performance and then confirmed uh, later on by a representative. So not exactly sure the song, you know, set list. I know that personally, like I said, I feel like she killed it to do what she did while obviously you know she was showing so you have to figure somewhere in the in the second trimester also has a nine-month-old son so the woman's been through a lot the last you know year and a half for her to get up on stage after not performing for a long time you know she was mostly hoisted in the air on those uh, suspended hanging stages or whatever her performance had there had to get up there and you know sing a fast-paced 13 minutes just bravo to rihanna it was a great job congrats to both of them on child number two and we'll get on with with what interrupted the rihanna halftime or the rihanna concert which was a great football game between the eagles and the chiefs um unfortunately not the end i think that anyone was looking for in terms of you know the defensive holding that kind of sealed the deal for the Chiefs. But we'll get into that a little later because obviously that was one of the last plays of the game. I kind of want to start off with reading these box scores. If you told me that Jalen Hurts was going to throw for 300 yards and run for three touchdowns, I probably would have, you know, you would have thought the Eagles were going to win that game for sure. Um, And the Eagles started out strong, you know. Their MO all season was coming out of the gate early, scoring on that first drive of the game. They did that. Once again, in this Super Bowl, I think they went 11 plays, 75 yards. It culminated in a Jalen Hurts touchdown. So our bet, all of our bets lost. You know, we we did uh, first successful field goal being uh, more than 36 yards. I think the first successful field goal was by Jake Elliott right there before the half. And that was a 35-yard field goal. So Vegas always knows. Um, you know, I had Dallas Goddard. They ended up 
doing a lot of quarterback sneaks in this game. That's how the first touchdown was scored. It's pretty beneficial in football. Like if I feel like third and one, third and two is probably the hardest down, especially in the NFL. Like, do you want to run the ball when everybody knows that it's coming? And, you know, stack box, everybody flying forward. Are you going to try to pass? If so, it's got to be quick because still those guys are all coming. And I feel like it's a lot of like, what should we do? You know, sometimes maybe overthinking it to not be, you know, to have that opportunity to not overthink it and just say, hey, we're going to line up, you know, our five big guys against yours plus our, you know, tight end, tight end. You know, they're literally in the quarterback uh, needle formation because they have guys right behind to push. So I think they came into the game, the broadcasters were saying 30 for 34 on quarterback sneaks, and you have to figure, I mean, he didn't get stopped in this game trying to do it, and at least converted, I mean, five times. I think two of his touchdowns were on quarterback sneaks. So like I said, if you told me those stats, uh, I would have said Eagles win. But unfortunately, football is a game where, you know, whichever team executes more and plays especially better at the end, you have to, like I said, you have to execute very well, if not perfectly, throughout the entire game. And whichever team does it later is usually going to be the team that walks away with the victory. And that was the Chiefs in this one. As good as the Jalen Hurts stat line is and for as good as he played, obviously there's one play that I th- figure he would definitely like to take back um, and that was the fumble touchdown right there uh, in the second quarter just kind of very loose with the ball not something that you see from him really ever and definitely a surprising play I felt like you can't really speculate on what could have happened or what would have you know obviously that touchdown uh, was a short one for in terms of the defense it was third and five from midfield you know, the Eagles go down and score right after that, but based on the way that the Chiefs offense was playing in the first half, you have to figure that if he doesn't fumble that ball, um, there's a potential that the Eagles go into the half up by more than 10. And if they go up by more than 10 at half, you know, they only lost the game by three points. So my take on the game was going to be that the Eagles would control the ball for a lot of the game. They did that. My take was that the defense was going to either stop the run or that the Chiefs were going to just kind of go away from it. That was not true. Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco played a really good game as well as the coaching staff for the Chiefs to kind of scheme up a couple of good plays for them. You know, you you saw on some short yard short yardage downs that the Chiefs used a split-back formation and it kind of messed up uh, the Eagles a couple times where you know, Pacheco had one run in the fourth quarter where the safety came up and made the play. If not, he was gone. Um, there was another one, I think, for uh, McKinnon in the third quarter where they had Sky Moore and McKinnon split back in the backfield and McKinnon went for like 16 yards. So overall, those two players combined for 22 touches and a roughly 125 yards because Pacheco had 76 rushing yards. McKinnon added 34 on his four carries, and he also caught three balls for 15 yards. So um, I said that, you know, there was going to need to be a couple guys to step up for the Chiefs other than 15 and 87, and the players who did were 
the two that I just mentioned, as well as two wide receivers, Kadarius Tony and Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, I thought it was probably going to be uh, Valdez Scanling based on the last game, but clearly they, you know, saw something in the tape where they really wanted to hone in on taking that guy away. Maybe, maybe not. You know, it's tough to really tell uh, everything going on in a football game on the broadcast view, especially in a game like that where there's a lot of other things going on that can take your attention away. And I feel like those were players that you needed to have someone step up. And um, those were the guys that did. Juju Smith-Schuster, I feel like, either had one catch or zero catches in that first half. And he finishes the game with six catches for 57 yards. 53 yards. Seven catches for 53 yards. And that was a big difference maker in the game because in the second half, I think Travis Kelsey only made one or two plays. So it was a big-time help for Patrick Mahomes and the offense to have another guy that was just getting open frequently in the second half. You know, they were able to run the ball, which was something I didn't expect to see, um, which was definitely a big-time reason in why they won this game. Patrick Mahomes, you know, I was mentioning the first half before with the Hurts fumble. Patrick Mahomes re-aggravated that injury, and it kind of felt like, you know, you held your breath a little bit because you've seen it before where he's come back out and been all right, but you can never be sure of how badly it hurts or if it's going to impede him going forward. And, you know, at the extended halftime, there was definitely a lot of time to work it out and to get him on some medication or whatever it was. Uh, but he clearly was not phased by that, came out of the half. The Chiefs didn't get stopped one time. He, especially on that first drive right down the field, you know, he only had to complete four passes on that one, but it was just a, a show of like, all right, we're here, you know, we're down 10. This is pretty much the drive right here. If you come down and score, the Eagles know what they're in for. They know they're in for a, a, a doozy of an ending. You're like, you're going to have to really get it out of the trenches in the in the late game here. And, the, and you know, they were able to, to go down and, and score and be like, all right, we're here to play, man. Uh, if they don't score there, you know, the Eagles have not really been stopped to this point just yet. You know, there's got to be some low vibes in the sideline. Maybe they give up that touchdown. So it just goes to show you how even just one or two plays changing can really impact the game. Uh, one that definitely impacted the game the most had to be the Kadarius Tony pun return. And I know I mentioned that you know, there were four players that I feel like stepped up for the Chiefs other than the two that everybody knows are, are going to make plays in the game. Um, and Kadarius Tony only touched the ball two times, but he was able to impact the game in a big way. Uh, the 65-yard pun return is the longest pun return in Super Bowl history. He almost scored. And I feel like that is a big thing where you're going to look back on the game and unfortunately, it's a three-phase football game. Like, the Eagles probably beat the Chiefs in terms of offense because they just didn't, you know, in the second half, they got slowed down a little bit, but they didn't really get stopped. I think they touched the ball only, um, you know, three times in that second half. Uh, they went down and they kicked the field goal on that long drive right after the opening Chiefs drive. And then that the punt was next and that was already in the fourth quarter. So 
you know, you'll look back on the field goal and say, you know, that was a big stop for the Chiefs because that kept them, you know, in a one-score game as opposed to a two-score game. And then next, you know, the punt, you bring the punter off the IL for the last game of the season. Um, and in the one opportunity or two opportunities he had to kick the ball, just the one thing you can't do is kick a line drive kick and give a player like that some space to make a play. And they gave him space to make a play because the, the coverage couldn't get down fast enough on this short line drive. Um, I think you saw something similar, and I know that maybe you guys didn't see it, but uh, the Jets lost a game like this to the Patriots earlier in the year. Same thing. Low line drive kick. We gave Marcus Jones some space to run, and the man found some space to run and went all the way to Pater. Here, Kadarius Tony. Really didn't, you know, he went left, stopped his feet, went right. The whole team was there. Block, block, block. He, you know, missed, made one guy miss at like the nine. And, you know, that is a play that you will look back on. And it's a big factor in why the Chiefs won. Patrick Mahomes was able to punch it in on a touchdown pass to either, I believe that one was to Sky Moore. So, you know, like I said, I, I feel like I gave the blueprint as to how the Chiefs could win if I was wrong. It was going to be that they had to run the ball a little bit. It was going to have to be some guys stepping up, which they did. And another thing that I, I don't know if I mentioned it, but I was you know, definitely afraid of my Eagles pick for, for just one reason alone, and that being the fact that you have a very experienced coaching staff on one side between Andy Reid, the head coach, Eric Bieniemy, who you have to figure is now going to get an opportunity to be the head coach elsewhere because... Now this is, you know, his third Super Bowl appearance as the offensive coordinator and all three times he's been the play caller. They were giving him a lot of praise in the post-game interviews. You have to feel like the reason they wanted to do that, especially, and I'm sure that he still did impact the game in a big way, is because they feel like he deserves a chance to be the head guy elsewhere. Um you know, I'm sure they'd love to have him back, of course, if nothing works out, because clearly there's something working here um, between him, Reed, and then Spagnolo on the other side, who he didn't make the, the defense didn't make a lot of plays, but they made enough. You know, that that punt is a big play and the defense had to force that uh, the field goal drive where the Eagles took up almost eight minutes of clock. That's a big play in the uh that's a big stop in the game. Like I said, they keep it to a one possession game as opposed to a two possession game. So um on the other side for the Eagles, you have three guys who are all in their second year um in their first job at that level. I think none of, you know, I don't think Steichen was a coordinator elsewhere. I don't think that the defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon was the defensive coordinator elsewhere. And this is Nick Sirianni's first time being the head coach. So I was worried that if up at the half that the Eagles would get out coached in the second half. And I feel like that's exactly what happened, especially for the Chiefs offense versus the Eagles defense, because three times in this game and I, I you know it culminates all with the the holding at the end. Three times in this game the Eagles were got on the half motion, and what I mean by half motion is a player moves from the outside in motion but still stays on their side of the offensive line, 
and three times they ran that, and three times it worked. Uh, two times for a touchdown, Sky Moore uh, was the first one. He moved in motion and then ran that quick uh, flat route to the same side he was on, uh, wide open. Or it, maybe it was Kadarius Tony first, then Sky Moore, and then the Juju Smith play. You just can't, you can't get, you know, you can get beat on it once. Like, it's a good schematic play. He, they obviously saw something where they felt like they were going to be able to get them on it. For as, you know, for, for number two and number three time happening, you, you just can't have that. You know, they tried to do it there on third and, and whatever it was at the end of the game. And James Bradbury kind of undercut it. He got his hands on the back of Juju Smith-Schuster. I think Juju kind of, you know, you can't be sure that there's going to be a penalty thrown. And he did a good job of, of keep, you know, he kept playing. He saw that there was no safety over the top. He tried to take it upfield and, and score the touchdown right there. Uh, but the throw ultimately went out of the back of the end zone. They still got the call. Personally, it's a hold. It, it just is. Um, like I said, un- it's very unfortunate that it took away a chance for the Eagles to to go down and kick a field goal for overtime or to to go down and score a touchdown to win. Based on all those other plays where they could have helped their chances of winning, I don't feel like they got robbed in any way. You know, you, like I said, you can't get beat on that half motion three times like that. The punt return can't happen. You know, other than that, like I said, the Eagles, I feel like they played a really good game to still lose. The the offense didn't get stopped. You know, just the one fumble, the you know, one or two punts, and the field goal drive, and they still end up with a loss and a tough flight home. On the other hand, the Chiefs are probably still partying as I'm. Recording this at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Unfortunately, like I told you guys in the last episode, I'm, I'm still a little bit sick. It seems like I've got a sinus infection because now my face hurts. You know, before it was my congestion, and I'm sure I still don't sound that good. But woke up early, couldn't go back to bed, figured that I would give you guys a quick 15, 20 minute. I don't know how long I've been running this now for, but, you know, recap of the game my thoughts and there they were you know I, I guess the last thing to really give a couple of sentences to would be going from here the Chiefs have to feel like they'll be you know playing in late January or early February in basically any season where 15 is is healthy enough to stand out there and throw the ball like he's that good the coaches the coaching staff is that good the GM is making moves where maybe you scratch your head at the beginning of the season where you let Tyreek Hill go. Um, and the replacements are Nicole Hardman and Valdez Scantling and all of these guys that are not as proven as the number one wide receiver in the NFL. You know, they make the trade for Kadarius Toney in the middle of the season. That worked out. Isaiah Pacheco was a seventh-round draft pick. He's going to be really good for another couple of years because that kid looks like he's shot out of a cannon anytime he's running the ball. And he's overall tough to get brought down. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster, he was, you know, I feel like he was a little bit on the down tick in terms of his career. Like, there was definitely some doubts coming from the Steelers and he came to the Chiefs and ended up playing a big role in this game and overall in the season. 
for the Eagles, you know, it's a great team. It's a team that I also feel like could be playing in late January and February, at least for next season and maybe, you know, a season or two after because Jalen Hurts is really that good of a player. Like, I think he kind of showcased in this game, like if there was any doubts for him as a passer, you probably shouldn't have them anymore. Obviously, we all know what he could do on the ground. You know, I kind of missed one point. Another th big play that the Eagles couldn't allow to happen was after Mahomes re-sprains his ankle in the second quarter. Like, he can't, on the first drive of the second half, get a big run down to, like, the five-yard line on third down. And the other one is on the last drive of the game. He went right up the middle for, like, 20 yards. It just can't happen. I feel like the Eagles' defensive coordinator overall didn't do a great job for the second half. It seems like he will be on to Arizona, or staying in Arizona, excuse me, to be the, the Cardinals' head coach. Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, has already been hired by the Colts. He was hired before the game was played. So, yeah, I feel like the Chiefs, there's a dynasty here. I know that in the post-game press conference, Patrick Mahomes said, I don't, you know, I don't want to call it that because we're not done. I feel like that's very true. I feel like there's no way that they're done as long as, like I said, 15 is healthy to play, as long as they're still supplying them with a lot of talent. And, you know, 87 as well has at least a couple years left of being that guy, I feel like. He looks like he's in great shape, moving around well. You know, he, he made an impact in the game, especially in the first half. So I feel like we're going to be seeing a lot of Kansas City Chiefs in these AFC championship games in these Super Bowls, um, not good for me as a Jets fan because it means that whatever happens with us in terms of our quarterback situation this year or in the future, uh, we got to go through Kansas City, whether, you know, this year they were the one seed, but just say that, you know, somehow we're in a position where they're coming to our field for, for a big game. And they do this year in the regular season, but I'm talking about AFC Championship. You got to just have absolute fear in your heart that this is the guy coming into your stadium and you're looking for a win because it's going to be tough to beat him. Very similar to, I feel like, how we as Jets fans have felt about when the Patriots and Tom Brady come into town. You know, that's kind of the career path that this guy is on. Like I said earlier in the episode, he has been the starter now for five seasons. He has won two regular season MVPs. He has won two Super Bowl MVPs. Uh, the one loss in the Super Bowl is to the Buccaneers, which I guess was two years ago. And yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see where this NFL offseason kind of takes us in terms of just not only the Jets, but really every team, um, because this was an overall very entertaining season where I feel like you know, on the NFC side of things, I always felt like it was the 49ers and the Eagles and maybe the Cowboys, and that's kind of how it turned out. You know, Cowboys and the 49ers played a great game in the playoffs. Um, the Eagles probably would have played a good game with the 49ers, kind of looking at what happened in the Super Bowl, but both of their quarterbacks got hurt. And on the other side of things, you know, between Joe Burrow and the Bengals, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. You know, you have Josh Allen and Buffalo. You know, who knows where Lamar Jackson goes. So there's a lot of things to 
to look at here. Like I said, it was an entertaining season where between, you know, six, seven teams, you could have had any one of them as your champion. And and at some point during the season, I would have said, all right, I, I could see where that could, could happen. At the end of the day, the Chiefs kingdom reigns supreme. They are the Super Bowl 57 champions. Like I said, it's about 6.45 a.m., here in New York, New Jersey. I'm sure that those boys are still out there and their families uh, partying the night away uh, because this is one that they will not forget and that they should not forget. Sad that, like I said, at the end of the game, we were probably robbed of, of a an all-time finish and for a game that not many penalties, I feel like, were called. Maybe you know I wouldn't have thrown that one, but for people saying that that's the reason they lost, like you have to look at the rest of the game where they fumbled a lot of chances to to put the Chiefs away. So that's all for episode 27. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to this quick recap of Super Bowl 57. I will be back at some point this week because like I said on my Super Bowl preview, I do want to give the NBA and the MLB some airtime as well as college hoops. I haven't talked about it really all season. I'm not going to lie, this is the probably the least that I have tuned in to a college basketball season in ever. So I probably need a week to like really get up on what's happening. I can tell you for sure that UNC is not having a great season and there is rumors that have been confirmed just to be rumors going around about this team that everybody's kind of jumping onto. So I hope that we turn this into a big villain story and have a March and hopefully in April to remember, but they're going to need to start winning some games in February first because they might not make the tournament at all. So yeah, I'll be back at some point this week with the NBA MLB fusion episode, I suppose we'll call it. And I hope you guys have a great day. It'll be great.